Turn with your Bible, if you would, with me to Acts chapter 3. I so appreciate uh, the series that Johan did this last few weeks on being a supernatural church. We're going to build on that, I hope, for the next few weeks. If it doesn't build, then it's all Johan's fault. No. (laughs) Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your presence. Thank you for the removing of fear. Thank you for setting us free, breaking chains. Thank you for bringing us revelation in your word. And so we just uh, open our hearts to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Acts chapter one. Acts chapter three, verse one. Thank you. <laughs> Was that Christy helping me out here? She's actually got the notes, so she corrects me if I say the wrong thing. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Before we get into that, let me give you a little bit of background. Jesus had risen from the dead just a couple months before. With that, he ushered in a new kingdom, a new rulership, basically saying the kingdom of the world run by the devil is being overthrown. And so there's a new kingdom, and this kingdom, his teaching with them was that this kingdom is going to be advancing and growing. Now, before we get to what he said to them, there's a background even of that. So you're going to get the background of the background. And I said to someone the other day, this is my introduction to my introduction, which is next week to the next series we're doing. And so uh, Ezekiel 47 talks about a river, word this morning, river that flows from the throne of God. And if you read that, the farther it goes, the deeper it gets, which doesn't work with rivers unless there's some other inlet, but it just, it gets deeper. It's talking about the kingdom growing. Daniel chapter 2, from verse 34 and 35, and then in 44, talking about the kingdom, it it says it starts as a rock and it becomes a mountain. There is this advancing of the kingdom of God. Jesus' parable in, in Matthew 13, 31, about the mustard seed that just keeps growing. It starts as a little tiny seed and it grows. He's talking about the advancement of the kingdom. He's talking about this kingdom growing in width and in depth, growing in width, there's more people getting added to the kingdom every day than ever before in history. About 200,000 people today, every single day, get added to the kingdom. That's exciting, it's growing in width, but it's also growing in depth. There is a greater anointing, a greater releasing of the presence of God today than ever before. We often look back at things and say, I wish it were like that again. How many people have said, I, I wish we were like the New Testament church when 3,000 were added in a day. We're so far beyond that, we're getting 200,000 added in a day. Well, you know, how about when, uh, when 
Smith Wigglesworth came to Melbourne in Australia, and he wrote in his book about the miracles that took place over a 10-year period. We're seeing more things happen in one church rather than a whole city in a year than they saw in 10. Yeah, we want to say, okay, let's go back to something. Let me tell you, the kingdom's advancing. It's growing in width and it's growing in depth. Not only in the world, but in us. In us as a church. God wants to advance. Wants us to grow together in the anointing, in the presence of God. That's what we're about. Pressing into his presence. But not just in the world and not just in the church, but in me and in you. There is something of a growing of the kingdom. I understand more of the truth of the word of God than I ever have in my life. I have a greater intimacy with Jesus than I've ever had in my life. I have more anointing than I've ever had in my life. Why? Because the kingdom is advancing. And so keep that in mind. That's kind of the background to where we find these guys. And then Jesus had given a mandate to the disciples just a short time before, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Mark chapter 16. That one was just in Matthew 18, but Mark chapter 16, from verse 15, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I like that one. See, the making disciples all nations sounds like that's a big thing. This is just go preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will no, by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God and they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Confirming the word. That word is the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Okay, we think it's the, the word. Confirming the word. Let's preach the Bible. No, it's the gospel. Go preach the good news that Jesus has come. Go preach the kingdom. All that background, and then just a few days before, they had been filled with the Holy Spirit. All this is in Peter's thinking when he goes to the temple. Let me ask you, have you, received, have you responded to the gospel? Have you been filled with the Spirit? Are you aware of the mandate? I hope this is all in your thinking as we go along. Okay, Acts chapter 3. I turned away from it. Now I have to find it again. From uh, chapter 3 and 4 is one story. We're going to go through the whole story this morning. It shouldn't take long because I'll read very fast. No. Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, 
which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who enter the temple. And seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked for alms. And fixing your eyes on him, uh, and fixing his eyes on him with Peter and with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them a, his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, silver and gold I, I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Can you just imagine, all this stuff is in Peter's thinking. This mandate of the kingdom, this, this uh, growing kingdom concept that Jesus has given him, that being filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus said he's gonna do this. You can almost see Peter spelling faith, R-I-S-K. As Johan quoted John Wimber, it's almost like, let me try this and see what happens. Here's this guy who's there. He's been there most of his life. You find out later he's 40 years old. He was laid there daily. It was only a couple months before that Jesus came into the Jerusalem riding a donkey, went to the temple. He was there. Jesus didn't heal him. And here comes Peter with all this stuff in his mind, saying, I don't have gold and silver, but I do have something else. The Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise and walk. And he took him by the hand and lifted him, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. My my tongue's tied. So he leaped up, stood, walked, entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them at the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. I would be too. They're greatly amazed. And when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we'd made this man walk? He's saying, hey guys, we didn't do this. Jesus did. Why is this important? Jesus has set in place the growth of the kingdom. Filled them with the Holy Spirit, and this is the very first miracle that took place after that. And Peter, in the midst of it, says, stop, let's make sure we understand it's not us. It's him. Even though we're filled with the Spirit, we didn't do this. The God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified His servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One, the just, asked for murderer to be granted you, killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. Have you met Jesus? If you met Jesus, then you're a witness that he's alive. Think about that for a second. We sing it. He's alive. He's alive. If I've met him, then I'm a witness that he's alive. 
And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see. Yes, the faith that comes through him has given him perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Wonderful story. I'm going to jump to uh, chapter 4. Now as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They lay hands on them and put them in custody until the next day. However, many of those who believed the word, who heard the word, believed, and the number of those added were about 5,000. Peter steps out in faith, spells faith R-A-S-K, the Holy Spirit moves, this guy gets radically healed, they share the gospel, and then he ends up in jail. I don't know why they put this part in there. It doesn't, ex- doesn't excite me now. <laughs> well, you know, I might end up in jail. I doubt that we, well, what if we did? It shows you the uh, deceptiveness of religion. A guy has gotten healed who's been lame for 40 years. And they're getting upset because they're talking about Jesus. Came to pass on the next day that the rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, as many as were the family of the high priest, were gathered together, Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they said, by what power or by what name have you done this? Now I can just see Peter rubbing his hands together saying, you're going to actually ask that question? Let me tell you. And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we are this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by the builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. He goes right to the main issue. The main issue wasn't the guy who got healed. The main issue is salvation. It's the gospel. So in this very first miracle, we have a whole number of ingredients that we're going to cover over the next few weeks. But the gospel is the main thing. Wholeness comes through the gospel. By him, this man stands before you whole. See, the lie of our culture is that there's a whole lot of other things you need. We need to understand that healing and miracles are the confirmation for the gospel. They're not the confirmation for our ministry. They're not the confirmation for our gifting. They're not the confirmation for our authority or our holiness or anything. They're the confirmation for the message, which is the gospel. We just read Mark 16. Preach the gospel and these signs confirm a company. See, what we need to understand 
Is it sin? Selfishness, injustice, is not in a system or a form of government. It's in the heart of man. Whole talk in America right now about systemic racism and injustice is if we could change the system. The problem is you, all you have to do is go back in history and look at every other system, every other form of government. If we could change the form of government, we would do away with this. The problem is it's not the government, it's the person who governs. Without the gospel, there is no change. Only salvation changes the heart. We need to understand that. Because it's very easy to get distracted. Hang on to that for a second. Back to uh, Acts 4. Verse 13, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized they had been with Jesus. How many of you ever feel uneducated and untrained? The issue isn't how much education or training you have. The issue is have you been with Jesus? The presence of God is what changes people and circumstances. It's not our training. It's not our education. Well, if I only knew more, let me tell you, you, we're all in the same category as Peter and John. I don't know enough. I'm untrained, uneducated, but I've been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them they could say nothing against it, but when they had commanded them to go outside of the council and conferred among themselves, saying, what shall we do to these men? For indeed that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Healings and miracles that God does are evident. And that's something I want to get fixed in our hearts. It's not something you have to convince someone. When someone's healed, they know they're healed. You don't have to tell them that they're healed. We had a guy in, when we lived in Denver who uh, had a ministry and he said 100% of people he prayed for were healed. So he had people come and one of our friends from Australia came to, to visit this guy and went to his seminar and found out that what the guy actually taught was that you're healed in the spirit even if you don't see it manifest in the natural. So he could say 100% of people are healed. I never said Jesus, I never see that in Jesus. You never see a blind guy that Jesus prays for walking away saying, I can't see, but I, these are lying symptoms. <laughs> in fact, the one time Jesus prays for a guy, asked him, do you see? He says, well, I see men kind of like trees walking. So what did Jesus do? He didn't say, just keep believing. He said, let me pray again. Why? Because healing and miracles are evidence, evident. Why? Because they're manifestations of God, not us. Johan's been talking in the last few weeks about supernatural church, the manifestations of the Spirit. They make the Spirit seen. Not us. The supernatural makes God seen. 
You still with me? If their response, nobody could argue, even though it was evident, verse 17, but so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that they that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they called them, commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. How many of you ever feel like that there's an intimidation? Don't talk about Jesus or the gospel. You can talk about spiritual stuff. But don't mention Jesus. You can talk about God. But don't talk about the gospel. There's an intimidation to get distracted. To focus on something else. Maybe something good. Maybe injustice. Let's write injustice. Let's remove poverty. Let's whatever. Let's get focused even on healing But the distraction is that whatever it is, it keeps us from declaring the gospel, which is what changes people eternally. You know that people who get healed are still going to die. In fact, the story in John, Lazarus raised from the dead, he still died. But when someone gets saved, that's eternal. So if you have to, it had to measure physical healing or salvation, which one's more important? Salvation. Yet sometimes we get so focused even on healing that healing becomes our focus. We're going to talk on healing over the next few weeks. This is why my introduction to the introduction. Our goal is not just healing. Our goal is confirmation of the gospel. People getting saved. See, if we don't get distracted, we get deluded. The enemy likes us to talk about nice things. Love, tolerance. But don't talk about sin and repentance and salvation. Have you ever felt that way? Or is it just me? I'm the only one who does that, huh? See, the lie of the devil is that man is actually good in his heart and doesn't need salvation. The gospel is that man is sinful in his heart and needs to be transformed, needs to die and be resurrected. It's not, well, if we could just educate people, all that good in them would come out reality is if you look at the world, it's a mess. While the kingdom is growing and deepening, the darkness is becoming more evident. Not that it's growing, it's just coming out of the hiding. I think it was uh, C.S. Lewis who wrote about the, the devil's greatest plan was that he convinced the world he didn't exist. Well, now that hasn't worked as well. So now the advancement of the kingdom, there's, there's just no holding back. He's just front and center. 
And you don't have to be a rocket scientist to see that. Let's not get deluded. And then go, turn with me again. Acts 4, their response. And this is what we've been aiming at the whole morning. <laughs> Just took me a long time to get there. Now you know why. I, I have long sermons and longer introductions. And so much longer that I have, actually have an introduction to my introduction. <laughs> you guys are really going to appreciate Johan's preaching after I finish. <laughs> verse 29. Actually, verse 23. And being let go, they went to their companions, reported all that chief priests and elders had said, and they heard that they raised their voice to God. So what did they do? They prayed. And wonderful prayer about the greatness of God, but in verse 29, it says, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word. What's the word? It's the gospel. Ephesians 1, 13 says that you responded to the word of truth, the gospel. And so grant us boldness by stretching out your hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Give us boldness by stretching out your hand to heal. Our boldness is to declare the gospel. God's responsibility is to confirm that with healing. God, stretch out your hand. So in essence, there's a partnership. I'll speak the gospel. God will confirm. He is manifest. And when he does that, I grow in boldness. Where does our boldness come from? It comes from God confirming. God, give us boldness by stretching out your hand to heal. We're going to be looking at healing over the next few weeks. With what goal? That we see more healing? Yes, but that's a byproduct. That God confirms the gospel and that we grow in boldness to declare the gospel. When we see healing, we should be more bold. Where does it get started? R-I-S-K. Let me try this. See what the Holy Spirit does. Let me set you free. Johan said it last week, someone had dinner with someone the other night and they were saying how it, the, uh, what Johan shared had set them free and that uh, he realized that if I pray for someone and they're not healed, it's not my fault. Just like if I pray for them and they are healed, it's not my glory. If I can't take the credit when they are healed, I can't take the credit when they're not healed. And this guy was just saying how he got just totally set free. He had had an experience where he had been asked to pray for someone at a ministry trip overseas thrown in the deep end and asked to pray for a baby, didn't know the situation. It was, you know, go pray for that kid, let's go, we're on our way to somewhere else. Found out a few days later that the baby died. Now what does the, whole, the, what does the devil do? 
don't you pray for people because when you pray for them, they die. Did he make the baby sick? Did his prayer cause the baby to die? Absolutely not. I doubt that that's what he was praying. (laughs) But see, that's the lie of the devil. What's our responsibility? Speak the word. And see what God does. So we're going to be doing a series, Redigging the Wells of Healing. We want a whole Bible view on healing. It's going to take us a while, so you're going to have to be patient with us. But the goal is this. We don't want to separate healing from the gospel of the kingdom. And we're going to see over the next few weeks that that was the case. And so I'm going to ask you this morning in preparation for the preparation for the series that you would just join me and pray. God, grant us boldness to speak the gospel. Help us to overcome fear. Help us to overcome intimidation. Help us to overcome distraction. Help us to overcome dilution of the gospel. That you can be manifest and receive glory. Would you pray that with me? That's been my prayer this week. Would you pray with me? Lord, we do. Actually, why don't you just stand? I just don't want you to fall asleep while I'm praying. Lord, we see what happened at the very beginning. After you poured out your spirit, your intent was that the church would be supernatural. In the very beginning, there was this supernatural manifestation that opened the opportunity to preach the gospel. And Lord, we realize if we read on that thousands of people got saved. That's the celebration. So Lord, just like those early disciples, we come to you, recognize you're a great and an awesome God, and we simply ask, would you grant, would you give to us boldness that we might preach the word by stretching out your hand to heal? And that signs and wonders are done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Lord, we say, give us boldness. Our part of the partnership is simply to preach the gospel. Your part is to do the supernatural. Lord, no matter what we feel is happening in the world, no matter what we hear about elsewhere, our heart's cry is, will you do the supernatural that's evident that nobody can argue against here, in this place, in our families, in our friends. And Lord, we realize that to do that, there is this partnership, you wanna use us. And so we simply say, we're weak. We need your boldness.
Would you grant that to us? In Jesus' name. Amen.